Man shall not live by bread alone. This is a Bible quote from way back in the book of Deuteronomy. In our Bible, it's chapter 3 and verse 8, as a matter of fact. And here on Search for Truth, your 15-minute programme of Bible study and hymn singing, this truth is developed in today's study by our Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Brian has researched these talks called Christ in the Old Testament, which are based on the conversation Jesus had with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. It is extremely likely that Jesus would have related himself to bread and these Old Testament references. So let's hear Brian now and the bread from heaven. Thanks, John. Some Bible teachers will welcome people who arrive late to their presentation, saying, it's okay, come right on in. I don't mind people coming in as I speak, but I'm not so keen when people get up and leave while I'm speaking. But that's exactly what happened to Jesus in John chapter 6. People got up and left. Actually, there were four groups of people listening to Jesus when he gave the teaching that's recorded in John chapter 6. It's a long chapter, and by the end of it, the crowd had thinned out quite considerably. We're told that. And what was the subject that proved to be, as we say, the last straw for some? It was when Jesus claimed to be the bread of life, the bread of life that had come down from heaven and had come down to give life to the world. It had all started when Jesus had miraculously fed a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children and fed them all with only five loaves of bread and two small fish. It was soon after that the crowd wanted to hear more in a synagogue at Capernaum. Amazingly, they asked Jesus, What then are you doing as a sign, so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus had only fed more than 5,000 people with only five loaves, but still they demand to see him do a sign before they'll believe him. What was it they said? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. Let's first pause and make sure we understand that. After God had brought the Israelites out from slavery to the Egyptians, he led them by the hand of Moses through the desert for 40 years to reach the land he'd promised to them. During that journey, for all of those years, God had supplied fresh bread from heaven. This was what we can read in the Bible book of Exodus. When the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. That's from Exodus 16, verses 14 and 15. So it seems clear that this crowd listening to Jesus was comparing Jesus' miracle of feeding more than 5,000 people with only five loaves, and they were comparing it unfavorably over against what they considered to be Moses' feeding of the whole Jewish people for 40 years with bread from heaven, bread which they called manna. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, 
but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. First then, Jesus sets the record straight. The daily supply of manna was not an ongoing miracle performed by Moses whom they revered. God sent the manna bread from heaven. But then Jesus added that he is the bread of life. So then the Jews were complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. And they were saying, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? As we'll see again later, it wasn't the hardness of Jesus' teaching that was the problem, but rather the hardness of their hearts. Jesus replies, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes has eternal life. The resistance that becomes clear as we read about the reaction of these Jews points up the very truth of Jesus' words. Every conversion takes a work of God. Jesus then repeats what he said as recorded in John's first chapter about no one having seen God the Father. It's only God the Son who can reveal him. This is much more than simply meaning we can't see God physically. It's about having hearts and minds prepared by God to understand the teaching of Jesus, his Son. Most interestingly, if the Jews had been struggling to understand up to this point, Jesus now raises the bar when he says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down out of heaven so that anyone may eat from it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats from this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I will give for the life of the world also is my flesh. Just listen out for the language of unbelief that typically asks, how can? We've met it more than once already in John's Gospel. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, the one who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Remember how Nicodemus at first thought Jesus was talking to him about physical birth, or how the Samaritan woman at the well imagined Jesus was talking to her about natural water. In the same way, these Jews now make the same type of mistake when they jump to the conclusion that Jesus is talking about physical eating. 
Of course, Jesus is talking about spiritual eating and not literal eating. Soon he'll make that even clearer. He's talking about his coming sacrifice on the cross. In verse 53, he plainly says, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. As we take ordinary food into our mouths and stomachs to sustain our physical life, so we need to accept and absorb Jesus' sacrifice by faith in our minds and hearts in order to have spiritual life, receiving his sacrifice as being for us. There would appear to be four classes of people here. First, the Jews who remain sceptical, curious perhaps, but sceptical and unconvinced. Included in their ranks would be those who went with the crowd, those who followed because of the signs Jesus did, as well as those who were in it for such things as the loaves and fish, the free lunch. Second were the disciples. This was a large group who regularly followed Jesus from place to place. Third, we have the twelve, the first chosen disciples or apostles. Fourth, a special class all of its own, on whom the spotlight will come shortly, namely Judas the betrayer. These things Jesus said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So then many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This statement is very unpleasant. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, aware that his disciples were complaining about this, said to them, Is this offensive to you? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh provides no benefit. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Obviously, For those who couldn't get beyond the idea of cannibalism and the unlawful idea of drinking actual blood, this teaching appeared nothing short of scandalous. That's the word Jesus uses as he describes how they were stumbling at this point. As we said earlier, it wasn't down to the hardness of the message as such, but rather the hardness of their hearts. Jesus then plainly says that his words are spirit and life. Only when they are understood in a spiritual sense and not in a literal sense do they bring life. Jesus then says that if his talk of himself descending as the true bread of life from heaven was problematic for them, then there was worse to come for them when he'd talk of himself as the son of man whom Daniel had seen in terms of his ascending back into heaven and receiving kingdom and authority from God the Father. But there are some of you who do not believe, Jesus said. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he was saying, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. The chapter ends on a solemn note about Judas who would betray him. Jesus had chosen him, knowing this. Chosen him, that is, for apostleship. But Judas was never a believer. Never, as we might say now, a saved man. Did he have a free will? Sure he did. His will was free to do what he wanted. It was never granted him from the Father that he should come to Christ. Instead, Satan entered into him and he delivered Jesus over. But it was all in God's plan, 
for the one who is the true bread of life, who'd give his flesh for us on Calvary's cross. I'm sure you'd find it helpful for further study to obtain the transcript book of all 12 talks in this series and then you'll benefit even more from these radio talks. The book is available online and either you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can request a hard copy book by asking for the title Christ in the Old Testament. Don't forget to include your postal address so we know where to send it. And you can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. It's been a privilege to enjoy your company today and thanks for taking time to be with us. And do join us again next week for the next talk in this series on Christ in the Old Testament. It's called The Blood of Bulls and Goats and how animal sacrifices relate to Christ. So until next time, it's goodbye. Very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings.